This is IT Visionaries, your number one source for actionable insights and exclusive interviews with CIOs, CTOs, and CISOs, and many more. I'm your host, Albert Chow, a former CIO, former sales VP, and now podcast host. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of IT Visionaries, and today we have a special guest. Her name is Raji Subramanian, and she is the CTO of a company called Opendoor. Now, if you're like me and you've possibly wanted to purchase a home or possibly want to sell your home, you might have encountered Opendoor. Opendoor is an app. They were part of the group of tech companies that were trying to buy and sell real estate. They're trying to make this process a lot easier for those of you who have done it. It's super painful. I'm telling you right now, it still is super painful. If you don't have open door and you're not buying through open door, you're going to have a problem. A lot of paperwork, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of paperwork. I can't stress that enough. Um, I joked with one of our previous guests that I bought some property in Maine. In Maine, for example, Raji, they don't recognize e-signature. So you can imagine, (laughs) yeah, they won't recognize it. You have to fax stuff in and I don't know. They're keeping the fax industry alive by themselves, apparently. But Raji, Welcome to the show. <laughs> Albert, great to be here and very, very excited to be talking about Open Door as well as having a conversation with you. There we go. Well, listen, we know, and I kind of hyped up a little bit what Open Door is to a lot of us as consumers. Give us an idea, because you've been in the CTO seat for a little over a year. Give us an idea of where Open Door is going and what you're attempting to accomplish, because you know, I think I've only scratched just the surface. Open Door, as you're aware, you've been a consumer of Open Door. Our vision is to be the trusted e-commerce platform for residential real estate that customers choose to buy, sell, and transition between their homes. Again, this is a nationwide product. Millions of customers have used this product to price their homes, and a lot of them have sold their homes as well as bought through us. At, At its core, our mission is to power life's progress one move at a time. We are a, we are an innovations in technology and operations. Again, The key piece to this puzzle is to enable consumers to transact with confidence and certainty. Again, as you called out, Albert, you bought and sold. You you are an open-door customer, and you know how complex the traditional process is. There's days of uncertainty, there's showings, life is interrupted in many, many ways. And with open-door, what we're trying to do is make the entire process simple, certain, and fast. We have done this for sellers. Historically, we have a very really good product for our sellers. We are revolutionizing the same industry for our buyers. By eliminating the bidding wars and making it simple, certain, and fast for our buyers to buy homes through us. Yeah. And for anyone who's ever been through this process, you can know that the deal can be lost in many stages. It can be lost as early or I guess frustrating, uh, maybe not lost, but at least frustrating, certainly from whether it's you're in the bid process, the show, Raji just hinted at the showing process, just getting to see a house or showing your house can become a scheduling nightmare, especially for the majority of I would say the majority of home buyers probably have to do a contingent sale, meaning they can't really buy their next house until they sell their existing house. Uh, I think a lot of people are in that situation. For yourself, how do you envision technology simplifying this process? Because it's not just data. And, And the other thing we know is there are a couple companies, I don't know whether they're trying to do exactly what Open Door is trying to do, but there are the other companies in real estate that are trying to intermediate using technology into the broker system. And they've very publicly stated that, hey, it was not a good endeavor, that it's lost a lot of money. It turned out to be harder than they anticipated. Whatever the reasons, you, there, there are, I'm sure there's a many of them. But what makes this process so uniquely challenging? And how can technology solve, I guess, these challenging processes? 
At Open Door, technology touches every aspect of the home buying and selling process. So if you look at the consumer lifecycle and the entire process customers go through, technology plays a key role in every part of it. Our proprietary software algorithms, as well as machine learning products that we've built, along with our consumer platform, which is very e-commerce-like, has delivered a very novel approach to the entire process of home buying and selling. You've been a customer, Albert. Today, customers can actually get an offer from Open Door in less than three minutes. This is all because of the pricing engine yeah. that we've built, and it takes years to perfect. There is a lot of proprietary algorithms and machine learning that goes into it, along with the human touch that balances out and makes sure that the price is always right. On the other hand, from within Open Door, if you look at the entire process, we are able to work with our homes and process our homes three times faster than the average operator does using a, using a traditional process. All of this is because of the platform that we've built at the back end. We are live in 53 markets, and that is operating at a scale that very few other players operate at. We've served 200,000 plus customers through their transactions with us. And all of this has been possible through the purpose-built technology that we've, we have been building over time. Again, we're digitizing the entire real estate industry and shifting the entire process from a high-touch manual manual kind of a, a process-driven approach to innovative experiences that, again, where technology plays a key role in. What were some of the key arenas or areas uh, that you felt that had to get digitized first in order to simplify this process? Give us an idea because it's, for someone who's not been through it, it's, and you start thinking about it, it's pretty mind-boggling, all the things that are manual in the real estate buying process. So for anyone, like I said, if you're listening out there and you've never done this, like there's so much paper. I cannot stress this enough. And paper from many, many sources. Give us an idea, Raji, when you were, let's say, it, you know, you, you've sat in the seat for a little over a year. What were some of the things that you said, hey, we need to fix this? Because you hit the nail on the head, which is if you can simplify a manual process to the customer, they're none the wiser. They're making a button click. They're purchasing a home. They're getting access to loans. Like it's simple. But prior to that, to make it so that that's possible, that's very challenging. Give us an idea of your approach. What were some of the key arenas that you said, hey, open door, we need to make investments in these areas to make to uh, enable us to simplify this process? As I shared earlier, technology really genuinely touches every aspect so if you start with where the process starts, every homeowner wants to know what's the price that they can get when they'd like to sell the house. And so if you look at Open Doors technology, it digitizes the entire process of assessments that a homeowner needs to go through and digitize the entire process of how they can get a price for the home. All of this happens electronically. It happens electronically because we've built the purpose-built tools for our operators to use to be able to assess their homes and then there's core pricing technology that prices these homes. So that's kind of like step one. Once you go through that process, then we bring in certainty in a very big way. We back in with an open door process. We back in with, a, with the open door offer that, that sellers typically choose when they, they're looking to transact with us. Mm. Sellers really don't have to repaint their homes. They don't have to change their carpets. They can leave their messy homes. They don't even have to clean their homes when we're actually pricing their home. So that is how digital the entire process has become. And anyone selling really knows that even before they price a home, they're going through this whole shebang of prep work that they have to do. Now, that's just one piece of the puzzle. The entire process of working with us when you're going through title and escrow, 
The process of working through the contracts with us has been digitized significantly. And as you may look at the future of real estate, we've taken the sell side of the experience and digitized it. Now we're digitizing the buy side of it significantly as well. From the perspective of how you put in bids into the system, making sure that you're able to get the data that you need to go ahead and win a particular home to the entire process that follows once a bid is accepted. So again, as we look at digitization, the one thing that we've realized is you cannot solve these problems in pockets. The entire process is complex. And if you, if you really want to solve the pain, you have to go down to the customer level, start and end with the customer and solve every aspect of it to make it simple, certain and fast. So if you can't handle this in pockets, kind of like we just said, you can't handle, you can't solve this in pockets. That's like the entire process needs uh, an overhaul almost. Give us an idea of how you prioritize, like, or what do you choose to work on? Is it one of those things where you go to your leadership and say, hey, this is another another chain in the process we have to optimize for. I need more budget and more resources so I can get more people to work on this. Or do you say to yourself, hey, listen, this is a key area. This is going to impact customer experience the most. I'm going to focus here first. How do you, I guess, make those decisions? Because you, uh, for everyone who's listening, the the buying process of homes involves so many parties. Like, like Raji just said, there's there's data on the house, right? Which is, it's it's actually not as centralized as from what I've learned. It's not as centralized as you think. A lot of times, brokers have different comps than than what might be in the ML, might be in the database. You have there's delay. So, for example, if uh, if my neighbor sells their house, let's say for $100,000 over my ask, that won't be in a database because it's a contingent sale, like the offer amount, but that broker will know it. And so there's all kinds of like crazy stuff that happens in this industry. Give us an idea how you prioritize to make, to to build towards this. Yeah. And I, I go back to open doors operating principles because we really do live and breathe our operating principles and also invest, make our investments based on our operating principles. So as I shared earlier, our most important operating principle is to start and end with the customer. And the way we prioritize our investments is where is the customer feeling the most pain? And that's kind of where we start. And I'll give a few examples. So if you looked at it, as I kind of shared, one of the first problems that we solved on the consumer end was to make sure that sellers don't need to do list prep. They can sell their home as is to us. So that's one. And the next thing that we did was we said, you don't, don't even need a person coming to your house to go ahead and identify the price for your house. We, we virtualized our entire assessment process. That was the second example. And there are many, many such examples on the seller end where we've actually brought in a strategy that is let's start by working back from the customer, identify what's most painful for them, and, and again, go ahead and solve. And we're doing exactly the same thing on our buyer end today. If you see the recent product that we launched, which is Open Door Exclusive, it's exclusive. It's a great example of how we are revolutionizing and working back from the buyer. If you put your if you put your buyer hat on and you've gone through the experience of trying to bid for a house, it's a hair pulling experience because there's so many bids. <laughs> In fact, many times you even just have to bid way up than what you would really like to bid because you want to win the house. You don't know if you're going to win the house, and it's an anxiety filled process and it's a very uncertain process. So product open door exclusive so really brings that anxiety down and makes it very certain. You can place a bid, you're the only bidder, and if it meets a certain reserve price, you get the home. So our approach is very much, mm. how do we work back from the customer? 
And all of our platform work, on the other hand, if you go back and look at what happens under the hoods, it's all about how do we make the transaction as flawless as possible for the customer. So what's missing in the entire chain of the process? We listen to every customer feedback that comes in. We take that feedback back to our platform teams and they go ahead and solve for it. And at the end of the day, we believe that if you actually create that customer value, the business value will follow. So we always start and end with the customer. The one thing I'd say, like uh, I'm thinking about your uh, the, what you just talked about. So I think people are just more, um, I guess, jaded by their experiences in the past, right? Because every, of course, seller wants to sell at the highest price. Every bidder wants to get the most value. So that's in direct conflict with each other. But the reason why I say the process is because we've all, as consumers or non-consumers, we may not be in the house, but we know someone's bought a house that they feel like they got ripped off. It's one of the things that people are very conscious of, I would say, in real estate purchasing because it is the biggest, arguably the biggest. No, it's the biggest. It's the biggest thing you'll ever buy. And the idea that you could possibly buy a bad house with hidden problems. Uh, I'm read articles today about seller concessions are coming back in a big way. Like That's something that would be personally negotiated if you didn't have a business like Open Door. You're going to put a bid on a house. You're going to go have your inspector inspect it. They might find problems. They're going to come back and say, hey, you need to knock X off the price or as we're walking, it becomes that big back and forth pain argument that you had talked about, Raji. For yourself, how can technology create the confidence? And, and the only, because the only way, in my opinion, you can create that confidence is I have to know that if I'm, for example, if I'm selling, you're going to get me the best price in my time frame. If I'm buying, you're going to get me not only my price, but the quality's got to be there. Because that's something people that are, you know, when they buy per- homes that they always want to know, like, is the plumbing right? Is everything right? They want to know the quality's there. How do you take these sometimes opposing forces and digitize that? That's a that's a big challenge. I love this question because if you go back to the core open door value proposition versus the traditional industry, it this is exactly why open door exists today. So if you look at the traditional industry, there is a seller and a buyer selling their home and there's a person buying their home and an agent is working with a certain volume of the home. Each transaction is an isolated transaction that they're trying to maximize the benefit for either the seller or the buyer. If you step back and look at open doors, principle of being very customer focused, it is important for us that every transaction is not just about that customer. If we don't do a good job with one customer, every other customer who comes behind that is going to hear about that experience, (laughs) right? So that is kind of, you know, it is in many ways Amazonian-like in terms of how we approach the problem. At Open Door, the the goal is to make sure that the price that is offered is always fair. And it is data-driven. It is driven by many inputs that kind of come in, both from humans as well as from machines. And the second piece that's kind of very important to this is that it is important for us to make sure that every seller and buyer has a really good customer experience. So what we do is to make sure that the price is fair, but at the same point of time, every seller has the opportunity to get multiple bids on their home and compare. So no seller is going to sell sell to us if our price is not right. It's a combination of the price being right and the convenience. That's why they come to us. That's kind of what makes it simple, certain, and fast. And we're doing the same thing on the buyer side. So I would say, if you go back and look at the traditional industry versus open door, in fact, it's exactly the anxiety-inducing factors associated with price that's brought in that competitive, competitive advantage. And technology plays a huge role in this. 
Our pricing is driven as much by tech and data at the back end as it is driven by experts who are looking at the price for each home. Yeah. So for our audience, full transparency, everyone knows I do real estate investing as well. And I currently subscribe to Open Door and it tells me, you know, who, what houses are up for sale, which ones have offers on them, which ones come back on market. I think, Raji, you hinted at it, or I'm going to hint at it, which is I think the volume of people that are going to sell digitally is going to increase to 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 a company like Open Door because Right now, what's happening in the market, interest rates are high. A lot of people are finding out after the fact that they're actually not approved, that they don't get approved during underwriting, that maybe during seller concessions negotiation, like that's that breaks down. There's things breaking down in the process. So it is preventing people from selling their homes or buying homes. It's happening right now. Like I can see the amount of deal flow that is being broken, meaning deal flows that start but actually don't complete has gone up which has to open the opportunity for a company like Open Door, which is meaning like, I'd rather sell with certainty, right? You kind of hinted at it. Like if I'm selling my home because I have to move for work or whatever the case may be, I need to know that it's going to get bought. Like I need to know, like I can't wait 60 days for the person's financing to fall through and then be like, what's going on? <laughs> Do you see that happening potentially in the in the market because of the rising interest rates and the activity that's happening? Give us an idea of what you're seeing um, in data as well as throughout markets that maybe Open Door doesn't serve. You hit on something which is top of mind for us, and also it is so relevant in today's market. If you go back to the entire experience and our key brand proposition, it is about making the experience simple, certain, and fast. And in today's uncertain times, sellers and buyers really care about certainty above and beyond everything else. And as you look at the open-door experience, and as we look at our markets today, our technology and our operations, as well as the innovations around our technology and operations, is enabling us and fueling us to be able to provide that certain experience to every seller and buyer who comes in into the product. We'll give you some examples. So, for example, a digital assessment process and the pricing that sits behind it is able to factor in what is the condition of the home so that when we go back and give a bid mm -hmm. to our seller, they know for certainty that it is backed by an open door backed offer, which means that they have that certainty of not having to go through the hassles of fall through. They know that the transaction is going to go through. They know that the transaction is going to go through in that time frame. So it is going to be certain. It's definitely going to be fast. And open doors process has always been simple. So one of the things that you hinted at there, and I, I want to ask you know some questions about technology, is this idea with of certainty and. One of the things you said is the digital assessment process and how you, with certainty and with data, can have a price where you're very confident in. It, you know, we keep seeing like the emergence of like um, new technologies such as visual AI, the ability to scan, recognize objects and things faster. I'm assuming this is playing a part in your ability to do these assessments. Give us an idea of how tech, the progress in other fields is helping you digitize these manual processes because the old way of getting your house evaluated is literally uh, getting an inspector. An inspector comes when they can come. Uh, you got to be there. You hinted at that. And they walk around your house and checking it out. And I swear, I swear the guy like thinks or the gal, I've, I've only had males do this, but like they think for a second and they write this number down on a piece of paper. Like that's the value of my house. Like that's it. And I'm like, is that, is there a formula to that? Like, it looks like you 
thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead serious. That's how it's done, everybody. Like it's not like it's like this sub guy just walks around with a ruler. Like, oh, that's damaged. I would deduct that. I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, so. This is kind of where I feel that three things play a huge, huge role in technology, especially from a technology perspective. As you called out, there's so many advancements in technology. There's a lot of work that's gone into vision and image processing that we use significantly to be able to assess our homes. Plays a big role. As I, as I called out, that we've been able to virtually assess because of the advantages in terms of the vision, video conferencing, as well as image processing capabilities. The second part of it is machine learning and data has played an incredible role in terms of how we go ahead and assess you know, the value of the homes. Again, it is exactly going back to that piece of paper where somebody is actually pulling a number off their heads and writing, we don't do that. In fact, we really rely <laughs> on, you know, data. We try to make it as fair as possible. There's a lot of thought that's kind of going in. And, you know, data and machines are playing a huge role. But most importantly, our custom-built tools and platforms are helping build in those experts to come in and have all of this information at their fingertips before they write the price down. So think of someone, like really, if you could physically, you know, imagine this, there's someone, you're talking to someone, they think about something, they pull out a pen, write a number and give it to you, versus a, a, an operator who is who has a wealth of information at their fingertips to make sure that they're giving you a good and fair assessment to your price. And most importantly, that assessment has open doors backing because there's an open door offer coming behind that. So the number is, is very yeah. thoughtfully written. And it's actually with, is written with certainty from the customer's perspective. <laughs> I like that. When you think for yourself of these innovations that are happening, you know, I want to I want to get to like some of the things that you personally would want to exist because you probably have a vision for Open Door. You don't have to share your roadmap, but it's it probably is going to look different in the next three to four years, right? Maybe five years. Like Open Door is going to be fundamentally different. It's going to be more exciting. It's going to be faster. It's going to do a lot of different things. What are some technology advancements you personally are looking forward to or you would like to see? Give me an idea of some of the things, because you can't build everything. Uh, you need certain services to be available to you. Uh, we talked to we talked to a lot of CIO CTOs about this, which is like, hey, they need, for example, their cloud to make this, and they would subscribe to that microservice or whatever the case may be. But what are you looking for? What do you need to happen to really make your vision come true? I'd love to hear some of the things that you'd like to see some serious advancements in. Yeah. Actually, you kind of started off with, you know, what are we focused on right now from a technology perspective? At the highest of the levels, we're focused on three things. One, we are investing very heavily in innovation. And so by this, we are innovating at an increased velocity to make sure that we are really building products and services, both for sellers and buyers that's going to transform this industry. Open Door Exclusives is a great example of something that we're innovating and revolutionizing on the on the buyer end of the spectrum. So investing in innovation is a big deal. A lot of buyer-facing products and innovation around that is something that we're focusing on. Um, the second thing that we're doing is we are powering the platform. So as we look at the platform that we want to go ahead and build, it is a very complex transaction, as you're very aware of it. And we are building out the end-to-end -end fulfillment engine to digitize the entire process. So an example of the process that we're digitizing is how do you make title and escrow a fully digital process for consumers? You know, in the same way that can't wait. Yeah, in the same way that we made assessments <laughs> a fully digital process. And at the end of the end, end of it, it is also about building a platform that lowers the cost structure 
so that you can give the, those cost benefits to consumers. So it's not just about the digital experience, but we're trying to see how we can lower the cost structure. And the third piece to this puzzle is something that I've learned is to keep to the bar of, on engineering high. So we are engineering for excellence. So, so anything that we do, you know, it is actually is done with the highest bar. We're building a team of innovators and builders who are creating value in the space. At the end of the day, we are transforming the experience. The technology is helping reinvent real estate. And we're just about getting started. You know, it excites me so much in terms of the 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 amount of things that we've done and the and the and the amount of things that are still remaining to be done. Listen, I'm going to go on a little tangent because my, you know, Raji, Raji hit on it, which was title and escrow. That is the biggest crock of BS I've been around. Uh, I cannot wait for you to solve this problem for anyone who's not aware. If you buy a house, you have to get title and escrow insurance. It's like, why? Why do I have to insure this? So apparently there is a world where someone could literally sell the house that doesn't actually own the title to it. Even And so I don't know how it got to the market. Anyways, I, you would think there's checks and balances there. So then these title and insurance companies are there to guarantee that you are indeed buying the title to a piece of property. And it sounds insane. It sounds insane. Like, how is this not just widely recognized that this is my product? We don't need this to buy a car. We don't need this to buy just about anything. But in houses, I have to have title and escrow insurance. And it's preposterous. I swear to God, you're paying $1,000 per $200,000 of home price for nothing. I'm pretty confident I'm paying for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can solve this, I'll be more than happy because I'm when, as Raji's describing the open door process for anyone who has a, a bought a home, there's so many little nickel and dime fees that kind of just show up on the transaction. Even if you buy an all cash transaction, they just start showing up like title and escrow free appraisal fees. Like I don't want an appraisal fee. I already agreed to the price. Like why do I need an appraisal fee if I'm buying cash? They still, they still slip one yeah. in. <laughs> I can't wait for you to solve all this, yeah, Roger. In fact, the examples that you gave is exactly our examples of how OpenDoor is trying to lower the cost structure. You know, for example, when you digitize the entire process of pricing, you know, you can't start influencing appraisal because, you know, what's the value that's being added, right? So that's one example. The second is the, you gave a great example of anyone can kind of sell the home when a buyer is buying an open door home, in fact, we are fully trying to digitize that experience so that consumers can directly buy with us. You have that guarantee that it is an open door home, owned home. So these are great examples of how technology, as well as you know, the experience that open door is offering, can genuinely lower the cost structure for consumers. For yourself, you know, you mentioned that you're also looking at this high level, high bar. I believe is the language you use of engineering. You're maintaining this standard. When you think of what's happening in the workforce right now, which is there's a lot of turnover right now. That's a fact, right? There's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of, there's companies, you know, there's people that unfortunately have to change jobs unexpectedly. When you think about recruiting and how to maintain these levels of excellence that you're looking for, plus you have the world is innovating very quickly. There's new technologies and services that you're probably going to want to take advantage of. What are you doing to make sure that you can continuously recruit and retain the best people for the job? I think it comes down to the core leadership philosophy that I very deeply believe in. You know, I as a leader really believe in creating value and caring deeply about our customers, employees, and shareholders. And as a leader, I also believe that if you fail one, you fail all. So there's no way mm. to go ahead and succeed as a leader when you say, 
have taken care of my customers, but not my employees and shareholders. And so it is a fail one and fail all scenario the way I go about looking at it. So I kind of start off by making sure that the team and the organization is creating long-term value over short-term gain. And so there's a reason because the purpose behind long-term value is very different from the micro purpose behind short-term gain. So it's about how do you enable the, thing, the team to think big and innovate because it gives the engi- each engineer a sense of purpose. It's also having a beginner's mindset, you know, where they're coming and learning something new. You know, they're not afraid to embrace failures. They can try many things out and they're able to tread with courage because at, when you do that, what you do is you give engineers the agency to build something revolutionary. The second thing, again, as we go back and look at it is, it is important as a leader, especially in, in, in today's conditions, to bring clarity where there is confusion. So it's the number one job to bring in clarity. It is also important to make sure that there's shared understanding. We have a workforce that has you know high EQ. They have a lot of personal beliefs they would like to kind of bring into the workforce. And it's important that we need an ambition. So it's important to create that shared understanding so that you know, we can embrace all our roles. Each one can embrace the role of being a doer, of being a driver, being a coach, being a mentor, and being a student. So how do you create that opportunity for every employee in your organization? And the third piece, you know, especially in today's conditions, is we have to deliver success despite odds. And the only way we can do that is to let your team do stuff that matters. You know, and they have to they have to see that it matters and let them do stuff that matters. That's the first thing. The second is let them be boundaryless in, in seeking solutions. Don't constrain the types of solutions that they can you know, seek. Help them do that deep dive. Help them think and problem solve. Because when they do that, they're doing meaningful work. Do stuff that matters. Just don't do run-of-the-mill work. Because when you do that, brilliance can shine through all weathers. And at the end of the day, you know, the, the best way I can think of motivating, motivating employees is you always have to inspire that performance with a sense of purpose. You know, to ask for performance without giving them that sense of purpose is not very effective. So as a leader, I really believe in inspiring performance by giving them that sense of purpose. No, that's great. That's great. When when I think of what you were talking about in also the business model of Open Door, I just think to myself how things have to just be great in what you talked about and on the hanging on the story you told earlier, which is like, if you don't do a good job by one customer, you're basically not getting all the customers that that person ever talks to because the home buying experience is not only high stakes, meaning there's a lot of cash involved, but it's also low frequency, meaning like the reality is people don't buy homes that often in their life. So if you give them a bad experience, what are the odds they come back to you? I mean, it's pretty low, right? So like that high bar, that high standard, this, these things all start lining up because of the fact that the reality is in your field, you really don't have that many chances to do a great job. That's a fact. Like if you don't do a great job the first time, why would they come back? It's just, it's just unlikely. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Absolutely. And it's that sense of purpose. If you think about any human being, let alone in the U.S., but anywhere in the world, you know, outside of their family, their kids and their health, homes are the most important thing in their life. And when the company's purpose and vision is anchored around improving that journey for every human being, that's an incredible sense of purpose. And that is kind of what, you know, drives a lot of the innovation that, that we're doing here. 
Absolutely. You know, for yourself, we did a little homework on you and we saw, and we did read some articles that you've been featured in and, you know, checked out where we could learn about you. And one of the things we identified is that you're, you're quite an avid proponent of female representation in digital. And, you know, this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I have no problem saying this. The reality is we get asked to interview CIOs and CTOs at different companies. The reality is I don't have that many females to choose from. So it's people, one person once asked me, well, why aren't we at, you know, more even representation? I was like, yeah, you tell me all the people I'm not inviting on the show, please. Like show me all the people I'm not inviting on the show because we have a C-suite requirement. For yourself, how do you go about, you know, this is, we understand this is a passion, a passion of yours. How do you, how do you envision and how should the, you know, the market or companies in general go about encouraging, um, recruiting, advocating for female talent in digital. And I really want to know, because also I have a daughter and I want her to be into it too. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm serving, I'm scratching my own back it's here. It's something that's obviously, you know, very close to me. And I would kind of start off by saying diversity should always start at home. You know, it should absolutely always start at home. And I'll kind of say that the if you look at the open door C-speed today, we have a majority of women in our C-suite and, you know, very, very excited about that. That's very and, true. Um, including our CEO, who is who is an amazing woman who's accomplished a lot, you know. And so it really starts at home for us. So if you look at the engineering organization and you look at my directs, so we have key leaders who are women who are driving a lot of our products. So our consumer-facing products and our growth-facing products are most important areas you know, are driven by women leader. And then you cascade it down through the entire organization. And I think, you know, you have to walk the talk as, as you're working through it. I'm also deeply involved in the ESG space, even outside of Open Door. And again, a lot of my involvement starts at the board level. It's about, I sit on the board of Board, board Ready, which is trying to improve the diversity of public and private company boards. You know, when you start with the boards, you start with the C-suite and then you go through the entire, you know, organization. And I'd like to kind of go back to the, you know, to, to the reference that you had about your daughter. And I'll share a personal story here. You know, when I was young and I grew up in India, in India, which was very different then than it is today, you know, my parents were very progressive and very forward thinking. And one of the things that they shared with me was there was very few women who helped influence the Industrial Revolution. But think about it. If 100 years back, if there were more women influencing the Industrial Revolution, would we have the same companies or the same type of products and companies? Would we have a different world today? Would the types of companies and would the types of products itself have been different? And that got me thinking. And that's kind of what got me into engineering. And what I want to make sure is that as we are going through the digital revolution, which is what we are going through today, women play an equal role in helping build and innovate in really building and innovating innovating company and creating businesses, creating products, because then you'll shape the next two centuries. And so for me, diversity really starts at home. I like that. When I was thinking of your question, like the industrial revolution, you know, would things have changed? I mean, certainly, I mean, I, I, it certainly would have. I'm thinking back to the time, like the value system people had, uh, where gender roles were more, hey, women, and then also the type of work that occurred in the industrial revolution, right? A lot of it was heavy, like the I mean, heavy meaning, like you had to be strong, like you had to move a lot of things. But now, 
with the knowledge work that's happening in the digital revolution, really, like you said, any the smartest people can do it. Or you, but you have to know that you can. And so when I think about my own daughter, I'm trying to get her into engineering, trying to get in and building things. She's very fascinated by code. Um, and uh I'm excited because my my sons are into gaming and she's a little bit of a prankster. So they're like trying to make games and she's like, Well, could I make a code to cheat the game? And I was like, Probably. <laughs> it's like, what if I make their game stop? And I'm like, yeah, they won't like you. But <laughs> so she's she's the baby girl. She's got two older brothers, so they're always picking on her. So she's she's this is how she's going to defend. Yeah, herself. I mean, I like it. And so I, I like how you use this is how you're going to defend yourself because probably that's kind of you know I really do believe that you know we should we should really create that condition and environment where women and girls are fearless in terms of what they want to code. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. That's why also I want her to be like uh, physically tough too and do jujitsu because I want to know that she can beat you. In I was like, I want you to know that you can beat any guy intellectually, and I want you to know that you can beat them physically too. <laughs> that's that's my goal. Well, Raji, it's been a lot of fun having you on the show. Thank you for working on an industry that I cannot wait for you to keep accelerating. And by the way, for everyone listening, like all of the people that we've had that are, uh, you know, transforming real estate, most people are doing in um, residential, not enough people are doing in commercial. So hint, hint, a open door. If you want to get into commercial, like I would love that too, but it's been a lot of fun and it's a close problem to me because I personally just can't stand it. It's this industry, not open door, but this industry is one of the most inefficient industries I've ever been a part of. It is just so bad. So much paper, please main accept e-signatures. But Raji, before you go, it is time for the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to us by Salesforce platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of experience. Raji, this is where we ask you questions outside of the world of work. So our audience can get to know you a little bit better. You ready? Absolutely. So you mentioned you grew up in India. What was your first thought when you landed in the United States? You know, it's an interesting question. I would say the fact that the traffic was very streamlined was the first thing that I observed when I got out of, you know, you know, like literally when I got out of the airport. Because if you if you've ever seen Indian traffic, it's kind of like Brownian motion. And you know, when sometimes I, sometimes some of my friends from the U.S. have come to India, and like one of my friends was remarking, and I kind of said, "They're asking how does this work?" Then I said, "Well, you know, it actually gives people the perspective that God probably really exists if you see Indian traffic function." <laughs> I have a funny story about that. I went to, uh, I did a world tour. Because uh, I was working for a software company, we were meeting with different customers. I was in Jakarta, Indonesia, and I thought that was the most insane traffic I ever had. And the next stop was New Delhi, and my my coworkers that had been there before, like, dude, this is organized. Wait till you go to wait till you go to New Delhi, and I'm like, it's worse. It's like, well, worse is relative, right? Because like I'm not used to it. <laughs> I get there, I'm like. Yeah, I never knew honks meant hello, but yeah, there's yeah, a lot of honking. I mean, honking actually Delhi. is has a language of its own. <laughs> for yourself what were you thinking when you know you've worked at a lot of big companies you've worked at you know some of the biggest leaders in technology what was your first impression of going to a startup um startups have been close to my heart in fact my journey uh was has, out of college started with a startup which actually took me to my first job at amazon so i love entrepreneurship in fact, one of the things, uh, you know, what I love about being at Open Door is literally we have an operating principle which says, you know, 
we need to have startup mentality. You know, for me, entrepreneurship is my in my DNA. And when a company embraces that and its operating principles, it's magic. For yourself, you've gotten to see a lot of the world, whether it's in the roles, whether it's through growing up in India, you know, moving to the United States. For yourself, where are some places that you'd like to visit? So I've always, from a visiting perspective, I would say my favorites are always national parks. I would say, give me a national park in any country and I'd love to be there. You know, I have my favorites in the U.S. You know, again, I'm an avid national park visitor, but I would say it's nature and national parks. So, you know, there, there's lots that I've visited. I'd love to visit some of the parks in Canada. That's next on my list at this point of time. Um, some in Africa, but, you know, I would say hands down national parks. So I would take it you like the quiet in the serenity, like you're in the tech world, yeah. but it sounds like you would prefer to have like a quiet environment and see some natural beauty. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, a, you know, again, I'm sure you've seen a lot of national parks in many ways. They're incredible, you know, just beyond the, you know, the quiet and the beauty. If you just look at everything that's orchestrated out there, it's just amazing. Listen, I'm a big advocate of that. No doubt about it. Well, Raji, I want to say thank you again for joining us today on IT Visionaries. Thanks for sharing your love of national parks. Thanks for sharing your <laughs> belief in God based on the Indian traffic system. That's that's a great line, by the way. <laughs> that's a great line because uh, I've never heard it described that way. But I'm like, okay, yeah, you could. I could easily see why India is very spiritual because these people are clearly are the traffic. I mean, like, somehow tempting yeah, fate not, at all times. You never tempt fate there, so. Uh, again, thank, thank you for yeah. having me here and, and really uh, love the conversation and thank you for having me. Thank you again for joining us today on IT Visionaries. Yeah.